This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Joining Samson Folk and the Raptors Reaction Podcast after the Raptors loss. So they are under 500 for the first time in seven years and some change. They lost their season opener 113 to 99 to the upstart Pelicans under new management with Stan Van Gundy, a reinvigorated JJ Redick, a very dangerous, very, very dangerous Brandon Ingram in the pick and roll down the stretch. Smart play from Steven Adams, Lonzo Ball, and a shackled somewhat Zion Williamson, thanks to very good play from OG Ananobi. But all in all, the attention they had to divert there did open up a lot of cracks. And the Raptors facing a massive heat wave in the second half from the the New Orleans Pelicans shooters and non-shooters, to be quite honest. Bledsoe was even making it rain. They uh they go down in this one. So that's that's tough. Initial positives for the Raptors in this one. I think we can safely say the Raptors will be good at picking on teams this year who don't have great infrastructure around their superstars. I thought their game plan for Zion was actually very good. And it probably would look better in hindsight if they had won this game and the Pelicans didn't hit a very, very high percentage of their threes. Pascal Siakam looked the best he's looked as a creator, both for his own shot, his shooting mechanics, and his passing since the bubble. Since prior to the bubble, I mean. He he looked great in this game. I was not disappointed with any aspect of what he was doing. Kyle Lowry looked fantastic. And I think Matt Thomas is a very big bright spot in this game. I thought the Raptors, the way they used him for the spacing the way that his teammates recognize him, the intentional sets that were run for him. I liked a lot. They had a lot of open shots in this one. Fred, OG, both shooting very poorly from the floor. It's just the duality of man. That's how it works out. The Pelicans hit some real banging triples with hands in their faces. And OG Ananobi had, I think, four just wide open above the break and none of them fell in. And that's tough because when you're the release valve, you have to make shots as a release valve. So if if the end goal of a possession and the the idea is, hey, we got to score a bucket and you get a wide open shot, those things got to drop in, man. But that's that's how it shakes out, right? So as this game started out, 
right off the start. In the first quarter, you have Pascal aggressive in transition, aggressive in the half court. He's creating a lot of good looks. The Raptors process actually looks fantastic. Makes you think, wow, this is the team that struggles in the half court. I wonder if this will come back. And it did, of course. But early on, they looked really great. As I said earlier, the intentional defense they played, the game plan for Zion, I thought was really good. The The guy who was left open most often was Steven Adams. And Steven Adams, at this point in his career, a much better offensive center than he is a defensive one. And I thought he made great decisions on the roll. Even just when he got the ball on a swing heading downhill, the Raptors, they weren't prepared for a center of Steven Adams' size to put the ball on the floor and attack the rim on a straight line. That was where a lot of the breakdowns came. And he also pressured them a lot on the offensive glass. But otherwise, the initial defense that the Raptors were playing, I thought was really good. They were scrambling quite well. Really good mix of zone and man. I was happy with it. And the Pelicans, honestly, outside of Adams and every, you know, there's a breakdown every once in a while. Outside of those two things, they're just hitting contested jumpers. So the Raptors, as far as process in the first quarter, liked the defense, liked the offense, especially OG early on on Zion and the digs from Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet in particular. They made his life hell. I thought it was it was a really good first quarter. Among all that other stuff, Norm looked very sloppy, both defensively and offensively, even if he was able to force the issue and get free throws up at different parts in this game, including at the end of the the first quarter. Fred getting stonewalled at the rim, not really able to create any space near the perimeter for his own offense. So in this game, and that continued throughout the whole game, in this game he was relegated to off-ball status, and he was not potent enough or active enough off-ball, I think, to make a huge difference in that area. Two for eight from downtown from Fred, not good, because you know he is actually a very talented shooter. He is one of the best catch-and-shoot operators in the league when he goes two for eight. When OG Ananobi, who is also a very, very good set shooter, goes over for 5 on many wide-open threes, that's just tough. Some of that coming in this game, you know, you can't do much about it except say, hey, we got to hit more shots next time. The start of the second quarter and the end of the first I thought was really fun because there wasn't a lot of success in it for either team. But we saw how both coaches want to utilize their all world shooters for the Pelicans. It was J.J. Redick for the Raptors. It was Matt Thomas. Both were far more effective in the second half. But you could see how it was going to develop in the end of the first quarter, start of the second. Nice little slip screen plays, pin downs, just lots of great cuts that both players were making. Awesome. Super fun to watch. Didn't result in anything meaningful. But as I said, it came up later in the game. Chris Boucher, uh, that was great. I was super happy with his play. Uh, It will keep, the trend will keep going that whoever... Whatever big man gets to play with Kyle Lowry is going to eat. And Kyle Lowry, his manipulation of his hips, of his pivot foot, of his passing lanes is masterful. And he sets up so many angles for his rolling bigs who are either short rolling or going all the way to the rim. And if we are talking short roll, I think that was the best performance in the short roll that we've ever seen from Chris Boucher. A couple slick passes a couple floaters, 
you know, the mid between pick and pop out to the three point line and short roll sitting by the 45 extended, hit a jumper from there and got all the way to the bucket a couple times. You cannot be mad at what Boucher brought in this game. Is he a little bit jump heavy when running out and contesting stuff like that? Yes, but he's not a panache as a rim defender. He isn't going to solve everything defensively. If anything, he's there to kind of, you want him to score the ball to add a vertical threat to what your offense is doing. And he did exactly that in this game. I was, I was very happy with his performance, and that showed up in the second quarter. And the second quarter, I thought, was still more impressive defense from the Raptors, really mixing that zone well with their man defense. They switch in and out of it all the time, depending on who has the ball. And they're so attentive and move so cohesively as a unit. It was disappointing that they got shredded from downtown in the second half. But I don't think that takes away from their first half performance. I still think there was a lot of things to like from that. But if you were looking for something to be excited about, I think the thing to be excited about was Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry's performances. I thought that they both looked really good in that first half. Now, going into the third quarter, this is where things get dicey, right? Because the Raptors, they weren't able to get the ball in Pascal's hands as often. When it was in his hands, he's still making good reads, but the end result of the possession is a missed jumper from somebody who just isn't hitting at that time. That's disappointing. That's when you need a guy to kind of put his head down and get to the rim. Lowry was able to do that. Siakam not feeling himself to that point. And honestly, the Pelicans were loading up on him. I don't think... When you're talking about LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, in the finals last year, those are the guys who... It didn't matter what was waiting for them at the rim. They were going there. They were getting free throws. Pascal is not in that space, at least not currently. So he's not going to go run in against four guys and say, nobody's going to hit the outside shot, so I'm taking it to the rim. No, that's that's not how Pascal plays basketball. And, you know, maybe it will be down the stretch, but I thought his reads, both as looking for his own jumper and getting downhill, We're good in this game. I don't have any complaints on that behalf. If the Raptors hit some more jump shots, they would have kept the Pelicans at arm's length, and that was not on Pascal, as it just so happens. Lowry, on the other hand, much better at creating his own shot towards the basket against set defenses. He was able to turn the corner every once in a while, and he was more capable of beating a guy like Steven Adams off the dribble. We saw Pascal attempt that late in the game to no avail. It's, you know, sometimes it's tough out there. But Lowry kept the offense afloat for a little bit. He just, he plays a really nice brand of basketball. As as you know, you listen to the Raptors podcast, obviously you know Kyle Lowry over everything. The greatest Raptor of all time. All the superlatives, attributes, adjectives, all the great things you can say about him. That was present in this game. And it wasn't a 43-point performance leading this massive comeback. But he was good. He was all-star level. And you there. I have no qualms with his performance, but neither him or Siakam could keep the team afloat while the Pelicans went, I think it was seven for seven for eight, I think, in the third quarter from downtown. And quite a few of those absolute pull-ups, just not wide open, contested, banging them in. It's tough to say that the Raptors have made a mistake in their defense when when those are the types of buckets that are getting scored. And quite honestly, sometimes chickens come home to roost. The Raptors play a brand of defense 
that allows a certain amount of open threes. If players like Bledsoe are going to shoot 50% on high volume, if J.J. Redick is going to go bananas, if Brandon Ingram is going to go bananas as a pull-up guy, because keep in mind, Brandon Ingram, he shot 39% from three last year, but he shot 27% on pull-ups. He's not an incredible three-point shooter on pull-ups. He was that in this game. So maybe he's improved, but the Raptors, as far as what they're dealing with, not an anomaly, but the Pelicans shot over their head. And, you know, the Raptors play a style that can be punished when teams shoot over their head, especially set shooters like Bledsoe, and especially if Ingram is just going to sling from downtown like that. I mean, he earned it. If you're going to shoot like that, if we watched Pascal pull it out like that, we'd be we'd be happy too. And I actually think they hit the same amount of threes, to be quite honest. So it is what it is. I know that's very unsatisfactory if you're coming here for analysis. But quite frankly, made shots and missed shots do make a big bulk of turnout in the NBA, especially in the three-point heavy version of it, which has been, you know, the past 10 years. Okay, finishing this game. OG had a nice stretch in the third quarter. He had a few buckets in transition and just hanging around the rim. Nice to see. Ingram actually gave him an assist when he was trapped. And OG just went and dunked it very gently, very softly. That was nice to see because he was completely, he was not involved in the offense at all in the first half. That's something they have to work on. When you watch Norman Powell, who was really, really poor in this game, both as far as he was missing shots. And as far as defensively, I don't think anybody had a worse game than Norman Powell, if we're being honest. I think he was really, really poor with his on-ball defense. And his team defense was lacking at all times. If, if that sounds harsh, perhaps Norm shouldn't have subjected us to such a, a poor performance. He was not good. That doesn't mean he's going to be bad this year. It's just one game as is OG Ananobi shooting. He's not going to shoot 0% on five attempts a game for the whole year. Fred Van Vliet is not going to shoot 25% for the whole year. It's not going to happen. It won't shake out like that. But in this game, Norm was really dreadful, especially when he was put in positions to guard J.J. Redick, constantly getting lost. And so the Raptors, they had to try and play catch-up. And I thought they did a really good job, especially at the start of the fourth quarter, of utilizing Matt Thomas. OG Ananobi made a great pass to him after attacking a closeout. Love to see it. Kyle Lowry, they ran a really nice slip screen play for him, and he just shot out to above the arc, took the lob pass because Zion didn't slide over, hit the triple. Super nice to see him move within the offense, and the Raptors very, very wise in how they used him. He was targeted on defense, and... If Norm wasn't so bad, maybe I would say, Thomas, what's going on with your defense? But a lot of the breakdowns were coming from Norm, so I'm not going to harp on Thomas that much. I haven't talked about Baines. Baines competed pretty well just straight up with Adams. I thought he was really good in just his man-on-man defense with Adams. It's tricky to play as the help side guy in the Raptors defense, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. Marcus all had a quote today where he was talking about getting used to all the different types of movements in the Lakers defense. Baines has to do the same thing here and nobody moves more than the Raptors defense. It is rapid all the time, stunting, rotating, chasing out, chasing down, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot going on. And Baines, when he was involved in a lot of motion, 
could be out of he could be out of position. But straight up, I thought he contested well with Adams for most of the game, and he hit a three, and he uh, he kept some balls alive on the on the glass. So that was nice to see. Norm, not good, very very bad. Okay, end of the fourth quarter. The Raptors are down, and the Pelicans snap off a fourteen five run. Chief among the reasons why that happened is Brandon Ingram got really comfortable in the pick and roll, snaking, extending, and getting wide. Either one of those situations, he was making the right decision. J.J. Redick playing off of him, forming up off of his drives when the help would come in for a dig, hitting jumpers. It was, it was masterful. He was really, really good down the stretch. And the Raptors did not have the tools to guard him. I thought that Pascal did a really good job when he was straight up on Ingram. But Steven Adams is one of the best screen setters in the league. When he laid the screen down, Ingram gets that step ahead. He's super long. He had the jumper going, especially late in the game. And he's a gifted passer at his position, especially. So when he had the four in front of him and was headed downhill, he honestly, he put the Pelicans on his back. He made great decision after great decision. The Raptors didn't have a play type to keep up with that type of offense because the Pelicans were scoring at a really, really high rate. The Raptors grinding a little bit on the other side, reverting back to what I said about Pascal Siakam not having that takeover mode and Kyle Lowry doing a little bit, but also that the Raptors open shooters were not making the Pelicans pay for overloading on Lowry and Siakam. That's the game sometimes. And as it just so happens, the Raptors couldn't load up on Ingram. And when they did, he made a great pass. And the Pelicans were very efficient and prolific down the stretch. 113, 99. Sometimes that's how the game shakes out. Tough loss, especially given just having threes rain down on you. But I don't think this is an indicator of the Raptors season, that they're now going to be a losing team because they lost the opener for the first time since 2014, maybe. And I guess it's the first time, if I remember correctly, they're under 500 since January 7th of 2014. Perhaps that's correct. Uh, Perhaps not. I think it is, though. Okay, Reggie Evans Award. This one seemed kind of easy to me because it seems like it's OG Ananobi. He had a good, you know, he played well as far as rebounding the ball. I was really happy with his contest on the defensive glass and You don't see it because you're watching the ball. But if you saw the work that OG put in contesting Zion for space near the bucket, constantly having to push him out for six or seven seconds of every defensive possession, that's no small feat. That is is a big deal. That takes a lot of effort. And I thought he was really great in initial defense. Didn't hit the shots like he was supposed to. I think he wheeled down the stretch. But his compete level in this game... Very, very important. I was so impressed with OG defensively. Okay. Top quick reaction comment is from Gamer. Quote, come on, nurse. You got to play your talent, man. You got Malachi and Terrence sitting there all game. Two guys that bring that energy. This is definitely the worst roster out of the last three seasons. I was begging for some kind of trade. Instead, we throw big money at some dudes that never smelled an all-star game. Lowry's leaving. End quote. Uh, disagree. I... Like, begging for some kind of trade, instead we throw big money at some dudes that never smelled an all-star game. If you're referring to their free agency with Fred and OG, 
I think most people in the NBA would say that they were gotten at market value and probably most would say below market value. Jeremy Grant in Detroit is not going to make an all-star game, but he got 20 million. Luke Kennard absolutely tanked the Clippers game. Yeah, I mean, like the Clippers won, but Kennard was horrible against the Lakers and he has 16 million a year. Marcus Morris has 16 million a year. OG just guarded Zion exceptionally well, had eight and eight, which is not super good, but he's getting 18 next year. He's only making 3.5 this year. And Fred, Fred had a bad game. I get it, but it's, you can't just go out and sign all-stars anytime you want or trade for all-stars anytime you want. I don't think that analysis makes any sense or would stand up to any type of dive into it. You don't just get to make those things happen. The Raptors signed their in-house talent at a level that definitively was not an overpay for either one. So I I wouldn't be too too mad about that. Both Fred and OG will be desirable to other teams if the Raptors decide they want to trade either of those guys down the stretch because they're not overpaid, not nearly. So one game, it's not such a big deal. They, they lost, but I don't think this is a, a referendum on the contracts that have been signed. Okay, I think that's it for me. I hope you found this enlightening, informative, and enjoyable. I've been Samson Folk. Thank you for tuning in. I'm looking forward to talking to you on Boxing Day because I suspect it will be a better outcome. But I I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this. I don't mean to be a guy who plugs a lot of stuff. If you've been listening for some time, you know it's very rare for me to do that. But since it's the start of the season, if you're somebody who's just coming to the podcast for the first time and you thought, hey, this guy's great, I enjoyed it, please drop a review at the Apple Podcasts or wherever you review podcasts. And if it's five stars, hell yeah, I'd appreciate five stars. If you've been listening for some time, and hopefully you like me, if you do, I I was recently told by a Boston Celtics fan that they would hate listen to the podcast. So (laughs) take from that what you will. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you want to, in a meaningful way, just five stars, a little review, that means the world to me. It's really good for all the different algorithms that go on that say that direct people towards this podcast, I should say. So if you feel so inclined, that's much appreciated. But that's it for me. That's it for you. And whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.